at the most simplest, this movie is a very horny exploration of contract negotiation. <laughs> Hello there, I'm Jen Fricker. And I'm Alexi Toliopoulos. This is The Big Film Buffet. And this is a podcast for pop culture fans and people looking for what to watch recommendations. Today, for our main course, a Netflix film that we think you should watch this weekend. It's a steamy little number. It's a film you may have heard of. It's a film that lives in infamy and intimacy. We're talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. The following are the terms of a binding contract between the dominant and the submissive. The fundamental purpose of this contract is to allow the submissive to explore her sensuality and her limits safely. I'm very excited to talk about Fifty Shades of Grey. I mean, I'm going to admit it now. Mm -hmm. This is a kind of movie that I do tend to be drawn to a little bit. I mean, after all, I'm but a mortal man. How could I not be? Hey, man, we all have the same desires, Mm. the same wants. (laughs) I think also if we're talking about films that are perfect for staying in and watching, this is one of them. I think this nails the brief entirely. Absolutely, because I'll tell you this on the record. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Mm -hmm. This movie may have been a tremendous sensation in the realm of pop culture, but this was my first experience with it. Right. I had not seen it in the cinema. I didn't read the book, but tragically I did see the book uh, on my mother's bedstand. That may be the reason why I didn't read it. Yes, that's true. So I didn't want to see the movie in the cinema. Uh I think this was, like you said, the perfect movie to like watch at home. First, before we get too carried away, Mm -hmm. let's get into the premise of it. If you somehow missed Fifty Shades of Grey the first time round, this is the movie adaptation of the book by E.L. James. Mm-hmm. The book was a huge, huge uh, pop mega. cultural moment. This movie and the subsequent series of films were so, so hyped up. This one came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. It's directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. It stars Dakota Johnson. No relation. No relation. Um, Thank goodness they're not related. <laughs> oh, my gosh. As Anastasia Steele, a young student who falls in love with a mysterious older man, Christian Grey. The titular Grey. And they begin a sordid and sexual relationship. And it kind of, I would say, made the idea of BDSM, sadomasochism into kind of like a mainstream conversation Mm -hmm. in it being titillating, not just like, oh, a fetish that's so faux pas or something. It kind of brought the idea of... I guess, kink into the mainstream world. Yeah, it's definitely, I think, part of the reason that it caught on so much when the book first came out was because it was fan fiction. It was mm. Twilight fan fiction. That, that ELG. Yeah, yeah. It's set in Seattle like the Twilight films are and there's a lot of crossover between the two. Mm. But it's also like one of the few times we see on screen and also in mainstream culture, like pleasure kind of from a female perspective it's not so much the woman being objectified under the male gaze Mm. but more about a woman discovering something about herself and the ways that she likes to get turned on etc yeah this is probably the most highfalutin part of this whole (laughs) podcast because we will really get into the Mm nitty-gritty but what's your first impression like you'd never seen it you never really engaged with it what did you think when you first watched it i texted you immediately Mm -hmm. because within like six or seven minutes i'm having the best time of my life yeah 
I am just absolutely like just sinking into this movie because I think this movie really represents something in that idea of guilty pleasures. And I don't think pleasures should be guilty. Mm. I'm talking at large, not just like the context of the film. I think people should enjoy what they enjoy. And a lot of people would dismiss a movie like this as trash. But I think that this is like pure pulp. And by pulp, we kind of mean like this idea of genre, like mm. almost like this thriller, this idea of like a fantasy a heightened reality where things can be like a little weird, can be a little bit bonkers, can be a bit crazy. But for the most part, we're trying to create like an exciting genre experience. This Mm. is luxurious to like see a movie and based on a book like this with a script like this that is so like in that realm of like trashy, pulpy, like erotic novella type stuff Mm. where it's like very you know, overt dialogue where people like saying directly the things they mean to each other. And then kind of like lives in this realm of sensuality and like almost a chasteness, which is really weird in this movie. Yeah. Like that's the thing I did not anticipate that this movie would have a chasteness around it, which to me is one of the more uh, horny or erotic things that a film could do. Totally. Yes, yes, yes. Is like have like this like layer of chasteness around it. And then beneath it all is like, yeah, completely grimy, yucky, sexy stuff that like just works so well. I think within the first like 12 minutes, I'm eating this up. I'm having a time of my life because it's just like such weird dialogue straight away. And I think Dakota Johnson is such a fantastic actor. Hearing her say lines where she has to go interview this guy that she didn't plan on interviewing him. She's been put in this situation where she's meeting Christian Grey, who's a famous businessman who's extremely handsome. Mm. And one of the questions she just asked him was like, are you gay? (laughs) She's like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to ask that. That was a question my friend put down on her notepad and I had to ask because it was there. I was like, I give me a spoon because daddy's eating this up all day long. In this pulpy realm, there is like this great tradition of thrillers that like lead into eroticism. Mm. I don't want to say like erotic thrillers exactly, but mm. it's a genre that I particularly enjoy. Like I love this movie by the Wachowski sisters who also did like the matrix and stuff and cloud Atlas called bound, which mm-hmm. is like Gina Gershon and Jennifer Tilly. And it's kind of like this mafia heist movie between them, but they're falling for each other and are drawn to each other. And that's the kind of movie that I really enjoy. And I remember you were telling me about cruel intentions as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, like a very like pulpy adaptation mm-hmm. of this like capital L literary novel. Yeah, what is know? it? It is Dangerous Liaisons, exactly. right? Liaisons Dangereux. Oh my God. You can't speak <laughs> French on this episode. I can and I will, Alexi. Oh, we um, oui, oui. <laughs> Oh la la. <laughs> but yeah, no. And that for me was scandalizing. Mm. Seeing that. I saw that film and I was like maybe 12 or 13 and I was like, this is crazy. These teens are hot and they're mm-hmm. hot for each other. There are things in Cruel Intentions that have really left an impression on me. Horse running scene, I'll never forget up, it. Even down, like front, back, up. <laughs> no, no, you're sending me back. But even like Sarah Michelle Gellar, like when she had that cross that had like cocaine in it. Yeah. I've never not thought about that. That's like my go-to thought when I close my eyes. So I first saw it at the cinema. Wow. Because I'm a cinephile. Of Alexi, course you okay? are. And I went with my friend, Michael, Michael mm-hmm. Hing. Shout oh, out, Michael Hing. Shout out to Hing, one of my friends too. And it was really interesting because obviously coming from like a book adaptation, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like horny expectation for oh, the movie. Yes. 
And to be in a cinema full of women who are there to get, like, <laughs> steamed. Yeah. It was a really weird experience. There's an atmosphere change in the room at a certain point. Yeah, which then kind of made it feel decidedly unsexy watching it. But then <laughs> I rewatched it last night mm-hmm. and just had, like you said, like, the best time. Yeah. Just fun. It's one of those films you can just settle into the couch. Mm. You don't have to think too much. It's pretty. Everyone's beautiful yeah. in it. Jen, you really painted this picture of what I think the true joy of watching this movie is. It mm. is that steaminess. Do you think it is better to watch a horny movie by yourself or to watch a horny movie not by yourself, perhaps with the crowds? That's difficult to answer because it depends on what you're going for. (laughs) (laughs) What the vibe you're intending to set is. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, for example, would I watch Fifty Shades of Grey with, like, a bunch of my girlfriends? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we'd all just have, like, a laugh. Yeah. And then we could all be like, oh, my God, that's so hot. You're all having a good time. You're all, like, aware that it's very silly, but you're also (laughs) all aware that it's, like, hot. Like, yeah. I don't know. There's something nice and kind of liberating about everyone being like, this is hot. It's not serious. True. We're just having fun. Maybe I'm too prude because I'm like, okay, this is something I want to watch by myself. I didn't see it in the cinema. I've waited until now to finally watch it and take mm. it home with me. But I think like my mom would introduce me to like big cinema and like exciting things. So we would watch a lot of European like art house movies together yeah. when I'm like 13, 14 years old. Yeah. And just having to sit next to my mom like while like there's beautiful European actors just like getting naked and just staring at the screen. That <laughs> tension is not what I want around. Around. Yeah. I remember we saw a movie called 1900 by Bernardo Bertolucci. He also did Stealing Beauty with Liv Tyler. Huge recommendation if you like the horny movies. But 1900 is like this epic movie about communism in Italy and stuff. Within like the first 10 minutes, there's a scene where Robert De Niro, beloved American film icon Robert De Niro from The Godfather Part Two, and Analyze This and That... And Gerard Depardieu, the big fat chef from The Life of Pi. (laughs) Asterix and Obelix. Yeah, he plays Obelix in Asterix and Obelix movies. They are in bed completely naked and a woman gives them a touch on their penises (laughs) in a sexual manner. And I'm sitting there watching it with my mum. Like, I love these two actors. (laughs) And I'm just like seeing them get their penises fondled on the screen (laughs) next to my mum. And let me tell you, this is a four-hour movie. And and I don't know what happens after it. I can't remember anything after that. My brain was like, listen, there's going to be some memories we're going to suppress from now on. Turn it off. I think that's like why I'm always like with something like this, even as pulpy as it is, I'm Mm. like, this is in the privacy of my own home. Mm. I'm locking the doors. I'm putting a chair against them. I feel like European cinema is a trap though because European (laughs) cinema is horny cinema. Yeah. Sam Taylor Johnson, her background is in like visual art. She mm-hmm. then later moved into movies like Nowhere Boy. Yeah, which is a John Lennon biopic about his early days. That says Aaron Taylor Johnson. Now there is a relation there. Yeah. They were married. <laughs> I like found myself squealing and mm. laughing and having a good time. 
pulpy. It's not mm. trying to be anything it's not. I was thinking about it. It's like how I watch action films. Yeah. You go into certain movies mm-hmm. and you have expectations. And, you know, some action films, you're not in there because you're like, I wonder what this is going to say about the human spirit. Like, exactly. you're like, no, I want to see how many cars get flipped, mm-hmm. how many explosions, how many baddies get shot. And that's the thing. And this is a genre movie in that's like, you're going to see some like hot people doing it. Yeah. And You're going to see a thrust or two, okay? I'll be honest. Yeah. There's going to be a thrust or two in I this feel movie. Like I saw Side Pin. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think I'm going to see the Side Pin too. And guess what? You're watching it at home on Netflix. You can pause you every can now pause? and then. If you need to take a break because it's too stand up, you can take a pause. Yeah. You can take a breather and go for a walk around the house. But also, if you need to catch a little glimpse or something, you can pause it. No one's going to stop you. That's what's the beauty of watching a movie like this at home is. Yeah. It's private, okay? No <laughs> one's around you. But I think as well, like, the cultural impact of Fifty Shades of Grey, the book, then the movie, is so large mm. that there's even a movie that I absolutely adore called Book Club starring Diane Keaton, Candice Bergen, oh. Mary Steenburgen, oh. Jane freaking Fonda. The queens. The absolute queens of cinema. Mm -hmm. The whole movie is them reading the book and it reinvigorating their sex lives. (laughs) They all start hooking up and dating again. And let me add you a little note to that. Jane Fonda hooks up with none other than Don Johnson, Dakota Johnson's dad. That's hot as shit. Mm -hmm. That's how hot this movie and book were. They made another hot movie for older ladies. (laughs) Yeah. But also I would say that it's interesting this relation to Twilight as this like beginning as fan fiction because mm. I would say Twilight kind of lives in that chaste realm where it's all the sexiness and like horniness is hidden behind like, oh, no, but we mustn't, you yeah. know. Oh, it's dangerous that we should do this stuff. This metatextual climax, if you will, of E.L. James reading those, mm. being aroused by the chasteness of those and going like, okay, but we're going to spank them pretty hard in my version. Yeah, 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 I yeah. I think that's something that is so delightful to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, so E.L. James wrote the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy mm. on, like, her notes app on her phone, Get on out. the, like, train on the way to... Oh, my. I hope that they honoured her by writing the script in the notes app as well. I hope so, too. So I really went into the wiki hole. Mm-hmm. E.L. James produced this along wow. with the two producers of The Social Network. Oh, my... What? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just like the least horny film with the most horny film. Yeah. Yeah. That is exciting though. I don't see the connection, but now I'm thinking about it. Okay. Yeah. Then maybe there's something in the look where there's something similar. I mean, it's a very stylish Mm -hmm. film. It really reminded me of other horny cinema I love. Oh, yes. One of them being Magic Mike. Oh my gosh. This, yeah, absolutely. Magic Mike's one of the true delight of horniness. You know, people always write off people who like the film Magic Mike. Mm -hmm. It's a film about the American dream. Absolutely. It's about Steven Soderbergh's handheld vision Mm -hmm. and it's about men owning their sexuality for the female gaze yeah and i would also say like if you're enjoying this dive into like erotic cinema and like that erotic thriller there's a great movie on netflix now called indecent proposal which is such a little horny flick because it's (laughs) woody harrelson the name's horny in itself he's got a horny name (laughs) he's married to demi moore Mm -hmm. they meet robert redford on holiday robert redford's like I'll pay $1 million for a night with your beautiful wife. Would you do it, Alexi? 
For a million dollars, sure, I'd take a loan out to hook up with Robert Redford. I'm paying him. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most famous icons of beauty in cinema. Is I'm he doing it. Married to Barbara Streisand? No. No. They were just in, in a, a movie, movie together. In a movie that's <laughs> unforgettable. All movies aren't true? Yeah, no, they're not all true, okay? Oh, he right. didn't get married to Barbara Streisand. That was a movie called The Way We Were. Okay. What he did instead was he started the Sundance Film Festival. Oh. All right. Well, that's a whole different. And I want to go for a Sundance with him, okay? Another film that apparently acted as inspiration for Sam Taylor Johnson when she was directing this film was Blue is the Warmest Colour, which mm. I remember when that came out was like quite shocking in its depiction of lesbian sex, but yeah. also just female desire. Yeah, I would say Blue is the Warmest Colour is like a well-known, beloved, like French, art housey award-winning film. I would give Fifty Shades of Grey just a one up on that. Really? Yes, because I think that movie, it has a problem because it's a male director mm. and it's got this idea of the male gaze applied to like female love that I don't think works. Whereas I think Sam Taylor Johnson, a great female filmmaker, bringing her female gaze to an erotic thriller Something that I would also put in with Bound as well, mm. uh, the Wachowski sisters movie. I think that there is something that works in it being like a female vision and a female gaze. Because yeah. I think that the male gaze can come off as very creepy yeah. in a movie like this. But these bring like a sensuousness to them. I think what it is about these films directed by women mm. is that so much of like female desire is about lust with Twilight, I think what obviously resonated with like the younger people reading it, mm. it's all about being on the precipice mm. of danger mm-hmm. and there's like a lust and a yearning yes. and like a what's on the other side of this door that I'm about to open. And I feel like female directors are really good and especially Sam Taylor Johnson mm. in this film is really good with representing that visually. Yeah. And it's not gratuitous, mm. you know. It's not just like, oh, it's just all out, like, doing it. There's a scene where Anastasia and Christian are negotiating a contract <laughs> and he's just noticing that she's pressed her legs together a bit. Mm. She's swallowed a bit hard. She's bitten her lip. Mm. And these are all things that, like, when you are trying to hide your, like, yearning that is so much hotter than like these all out like full-on nudity scenes you yeah know? it's all about the build-up yes it's about should i say the foreplay if you will hate it <laughs> <laughs> i thought it would be more overt mm. i was kind of like i thought that we would see some really crazy stuff but it really it lives in the sensuality. Like there's beautiful cinematography. Mm. I think Seattle is shot really nicely. The way that they kind of create it as this like rainy city. We're staying indoors and we're misty. mucking around. Ooh, it's cold. Quite misty. Have a drink by the fire. Ooh. And I did love the cast. Like has an actor in it, Marsha Gay Harden. She plays an FBI agent on Law and Order SVU every now and then. That's why <laughs> I love her. But I think she's a great actor and she plays Christian's mother in this film. Mm. And I think that while this was going on I kept expecting like oh another part of the movie is going to start they're going to talk about the company that they all work for doing shady dealings or something there isn't a lot of kind of B story going mm. on at the most simplest this movie is a very horny exploration of contract negotiation <laughs> right yeah. like that's it it's just like they meet he wants to get her to sign a contract mm-hmm. then 
they have sex. Yeah, they have sex a few times. Yeah, a few times, different ways. A few and that's, different ways. You can watch the movie to figure that out. Exactly, it's all about that escalation of yeah. how they're doing it. Oh my god, I have a little treat for you. So initially, the studio that made Fifty Shades of Grey mm-hmm. was considering our guy. Joe Wright to direct. Wow. But then he couldn't get his schedule to work. Oh, my God. But if you listen to our Women in the Window episode, Mm -hmm. and I highly recommend you do, you'll know that we love Joe Wright because Mm -hmm. he is not a subtle man. No. He does everything at full volume. Maximalist cinema. Yeah, absolutely maximalist. And to think about what he could have done with this movie, I couldn't sleep last night. I'd have tears in my eyes thinking about it. Because yeah. it's just like I would love to have seen that. I think every director has to make a version of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Just so we can see what they would what do they with would the do. material. So Derek does the handheld mm-hmm. movies. I would love to see handheld yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey. I would oh, love well, to see the, the Wachowski sisters do yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey. I would love to see, yeah, Joe Wright, mm-hmm. who uh, directed Women in the Window, directed Pride and Prejudice, yeah. the latest one, directed Anna Karenina, mm-hmm. directed Hannah. And The Darkest Hour, Mm -hmm. I would love to see what he would have brought to this turbo melodrama. I will say, though, I'm really glad that this Sam Taylor Johnson version exists. This kind of sense of sensuality, how beautifully it's shot, can only have been done by her. One thing that kind of like went further beyond this movie is the music. This movie has a score by Danny Elfman, who everyone would know from doing Batman 1989, the Tim Burton movies, the theme song to The Simpsons. But his score is kind of like very understated for a Danny Elfman score, Mm. which shocked me to pieces. I couldn't believe it. And then where the music really comes in is like interesting pop music that is delivered in a different way. Like there's a Beyonce song which is what, Crazy in Love? Yes, but she's reworked it so it's this kind of like slow bedroom jam. Yeah, like an Etta James, like slow jazz. Mm. Like really, it's cool. Yeah, and Worth It by mm-hmm. The Weeknd. It was nominated yeah. for Best Original Song from a Soundtrack. Wow, uh, at the Oscars? Yeah, at the Oscars wow. that year. Not a separate horny Oscars that yeah, they run the secretly. <laughs> I really think this movie is worth watching Especially because Dakota Johnson is such like a prominent actor now, like really reaching new heights. She was incredible in Suspiria and she's working with so many great directors now. Mm. But I think that like seeing her movie star birth in this film and like all the controversy surrounding it and stuff, you seeing someone who's controlling their performance so well and finding this naturalism in what could be huge cinema, like mm. a maximalist cinema. She finds a real intimacy in it. And I mean, I love her, man. She's so freaking good. She's so good in this. It's also, it must be like very confronting. Mm, She's fully nude in a lot of these scenes. Yeah. And it just kind of shows you like she was ready to go there from the get-go. And to see what she's like gone on to, which is killing Ellen. Like (laughs) she's just like, (laughs) her career just reads new heights every day. Absolutely. You didn't invite her to your birthday party. Actually, I did invite you, Ellen. That's not the truth, Ellen. That's not the truth. No, ask everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Fifty Shades of Grey is on Netflix right now and we could not recommend it more. And it's up to you whether you watch it by yourself or with a loved one. Or with a stranger. Do Take a risk watching Fifty Shades of Grey, why don't you? Watch it on your phone on public transport. 
That's what we're recommending today on the podcast. Take a risk. Watch Fifty Shades of Grey. And if you like the Big Film Buffet, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review. We always love reading them. This episode was hosted by me, Alexis Toliopoulos, and you, Jen Fricker. Produced by Michael Sun and Anu Hasbol. Edited by Jeffrey O'Connor. Executive produced by Tony Broderick and Melanie Marnie. 